So, if you'd like to open up your Bibles, please, to the book of Acts in chapter 2. Now, <clears throat> I want to go over some scriptures this morning about the about learning to walk in the Spirit. Now, if we've been saved for 10 years or 20 years or that sort of thing, it doesn't mean there's nothing for us to learn. There's always something for us to learn. There's always uh, perhaps a little bit of, of readjustment that we can make. But it's important that we do learn how to walk in the Spirit. I mean, when we receive the Holy Spirit, where, whenever it might be, whether it's in the baptism tank there or whether it's sitting on the couch at home one night four years ago or whenever, whenever we receive the Holy Spirit, we enter into the kingdom of God. And it's from that time on that we do need to learn what God wants us to do. As opposed, as opposed to our own opinions or what other people tell us they think we ought to be doing. And so we, once we're spirit-filled, need to work out the difference. <clears throat> and by the way, once we are spirit-filled, when it first happens, and then continuing as we walk in the Lord, we can we do get presented with situations in our lives which um, can undermine or they can distract us from walking in the Lord. Now you're in the book of Acts in chapter two. Oh, I wish I was uh, Acts chapter two, and uh, that of course is the. Uh, we read about there the day of Pentecost when they all received the Holy Ghost and they spoke in other tongues. And if I uh, had seen any unsaved people in our meeting this morning, then I would have been reading in those verses 1 to 4 that we, um, that we do read so often. But uh, <clears throat> I think that we are all saints here this morning. Uh, let me just cut to the chase, shall I? Because I want to talk about uh, learning to walk in the Spirit and we read in verse uh, 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were, at, were added to them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, uh, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And that's the point here, that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and breaking of bread. It's because they continued, because they continued, then God's work continued. Sometimes we see, and um, it's more often than what we like to see, isn't it? We see new people come to our meetings and they, they put up their hand to get baptized, and they do, and they receive the Holy Spirit there, or, or perhaps a uh, an hour or so later out in the house and <laughs> Phil will come to the door while we're having lunch. Excuse me, everybody, you know, here's a new brother or sister. They've just received the Holy Spirit and it's wonderful and we rejoice with them and we don't see them again. And uh, Or we see them for a short period of time <clears throat> before they, they decide to go elsewhere or just don't go anywhere. You know, some people don't... Uh, some people leave because they don't learn to rely on the Holy Spirit working in their lives. And that's what we need to do. If we're going to learn to walk in the Spirit, we're going to learn to rely 
on the Holy Spirit in our lives now that we've received it. And, uh, you know, some people will say, oh, yeah, 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 you're mad, don't get involved with that group. Oh, they're a cult. Or, um, you know, they can't be very successful uh, because they don't have many people there. Or so on and so on. In verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. This is vital, and it's important if we're going to learn to walk in the Spirit that we learn our Bibles. We know what's in the Bibles. Because if we don't end up, if we don't learn what's in the Bible of how we got saved and how we stay saved, if we don't learn that, then we can easily end up in trouble. Yes, we can. We can end up in trouble when we're presented with somebody else's ideas that sound plausible, that sound like very good sense, that sound logical. But as logical and as good sense as they might be, they may well be opposed and very is very often opposed to the direction that God gives. Because we can find, we, we need to know our Bibles because we can, af- we can find advice in the Scriptures, we can find solutions straight from God's Word. I mean, if we want something from God, let's go to His Word and find it, all the people said. So, learn to walk in the Spirit. This is part of it. <clears throat> and uh, something else, uh, another good thing about um, our fellowship or being in a fellowship of spirit-filled people where, where, the, where God's word is held up, the principles, scriptural principles are held up and, uh, and adhered to, is that we, we are surrounded. We are surrounded with brothers and sisters who've made all the mistakes that there are to make. <laughs> I'll put up my hand too. Yeah, we all make mistakes, don't we? But we've overcome anyway. We've corrected the mistakes or come back from the mistakes and we've overcome. So new people are able to learn from people that are established. They're able to learn from their experiences because we, we are some of the overcomers. And having fellowship with God's people, if you know the right attitude is there, it does us the world of good. We, we can never um, get spiritual edification from our unsaved friends and family, as much as we love them, will never come away feeling spiritually charged and edified because they don't have the spirit themselves to do that. And so being involved and, and, uh, and contributing to each other in the fellowship, rejoicing in the Lord, swapping testimonies, listening to the, the, the testimonies of the miraculous in our lives, of the hope that people have, the faithfulness that they have despite their difficult situations, it all contributes towards helping us grow in the Spirit, to learning to walk in the Spirit. Have a look in the book of Jude. In chapter 20, Jude is the second last book of the Bible, just before the book of Revelation. Book of Jude, and so Jude here is writing to us, the Spirit-filled, and um, uh, I just want to read to you verse 20. But you, beloved, 
building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He says, build up yourselves by praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, uh, whenever, whenever we have people baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and, and I have contact with them, I mean, it's not just me that goes following up on people by any means, but I certainly have contact as and when I can with newly spirit-filled people. Most people here are working throughout the, the Monday to Friday and uh, don't necessarily have the time to go and visit or in the evenings or something like that. And so I try to make myself, I do make myself available and I encourage people to establish a prayer pattern. And um, uh, just recently there are, have been some people that are happily filled with the Holy Spirit, and I have um, have asked, in fact, I was just the other day, asking, have you uh, got into a habit of praying in the Spirit yet? Oh, no, not really. Is it important? I said, yes, it is important. It's, it's, the, it's the communication between you and God, because the Spirit is inside of you now. You need to be, do we need to be doing this. Whether we've been filled with the Holy Spirit for 50 years or five days, it doesn't matter. So we build up ourselves. The week before last, I seemed to be running around at different places and, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't set aside much time uh, for praying in the Spirit at home or at home. I didn't set much time aside for doing that. But But when I did, get down and have some prayer in the spirit after after i'd finished i got up and i thought oh did that feel so much better it's like that isn't it how many times do we get down and pray in the spirit with this right attitude and it just feels right it it's it's refreshing to pray in the spirit this this is from god after all and so this is part of learning to walk in the spirit and um, while, while you, might, you might think, oh, this is just directed to newly saved people, it's not, because um, we, we can be distracted, people are distracted by their day-to-day -day lives, and, and prayer life can be and does get neglected too often. Spending time reading the Bible does get neglected too often, now, I only, only say that because individuals say it to me. I mean, whether I suspect it or not is, is almost irrelevant. But individuals say it to me. I've stopped praying or I, I don't read the Bible. I don't read it as much as I should. And I've found that, that uh, over the years that very often means I don't open the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I don't, pray as much, I don't read as much as I should. Anyway, so reading the Word, getting to know what is in it and how it applies to you is so important. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, and if you are new, fairly newly filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a good idea to mark up your Bible to the, the scriptures that I'm bringing out in the talks or the, if you hear the talks at the house meeting, mark up the scriptures if they are, are particularly relevant, if they uh, you know, register with you particularly, mark them up in your Bible so that you can learn them now then <clears throat> um, Brian where are you Brian when's lambing season about a week from now I thought it was close I didn't know it was that close lambing season 
You've all seen lambs. Some of you have reared lambs. Who's reared lambs? A few people. Well, one, two. Um, <clears throat> anyway, it's lambing season soon, just a week away, uh, according to Brian. And um, you, you've seen pictures of lambs, perhaps, or you've actually seen lambs and, and picked them up. And, you know, when lambs are first born, they, about three quarters of them is leg, isn't it? And then there's just a little body on top with a, with a head that goes, bleh, bleh, and won't, won't stop, bleh, bleh. You know, that's, that's the way they go. And when you've got a, a few dozen of them, what a noise they make. But you see them sort of stomping around on their legs. They're not very uh, agile and they're not, certainly not very stable. But then they're hanging around their mother all the time, as they do. Um, so just picture that, lambs newly born. And you're in First Timothy, aren't you? In chapter 4 and um, uh, verse 12, Let no man despise your youth, but be you an example of the believers in word. Uh, in word, in conversation, that means behavior. The Greek word for word actually means in what you say in your speech. Conversation means your behavior. Charity comes from the Greek word agape, in your love of God. In spirit, well, that's just the word spirit, pneuma. In faith, your faithfulness, your steadfastness, and purity, it means your chastity. So he says, Paul says to Timothy, I don't want any, don't, don't be intimidated, if you like. Don't let people despise your youth, but be an example in all of those qualities. And in verse 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them, that your profiting um, or your advancement may appear to all. That your growth in the Lord, that's the profiting, your advancement in the Lord. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you shall both save yourself and them that hear you. And so when people are born again for the first, few, first weeks, the first months, and yes, sometimes the first years, you know, we stagger around a little bit. We're not quite sure. But if, if there's some good teaching, good Bible teaching presented, you know, the scriptures are expounded. If it's passed on, then you're going to be able to say, oh, yes, yes, I can see that. I can see that. That, that applies to me. Yes, I am new. I am, you know, finding my way at the moment. It's a group of people. I haven't met everybody in the fellowship yet. They seem friendly enough, you know, some odd ones, some, or whatever. But um, <clears throat> uh, I wasn't referring to myself then, but you may think so. Um, it can be like that. You, you find, you're finding your way around a little bit, but more importantly, you're finding your way with the Lord because it's a new experience and it's a new life and you're, you're slowly learning to, before you, uh, before you speak the words that first come into your mind, you're actually, hopefully, learning to just pull back a little bit and think, well, hang on now, I'm spirit-filled. What's the Bible perspective? 
What's the Lord's perspective? What does the Lord want me to say? What does the Lord want me to do in a situation? What does the Lord want me to... How does the Lord want me to react? Do I still just look, do, uh, do my block? You know, lose my temper and, and, and fight back? Do I still do that or is there a better way now? Is there a godly way to present myself? Anyway, the lambs, when they're first born, they stagger around, bleh, bleh, like going like that, but they always know where their mother is. And we that are learning to walk in the Spirit, we that are walking in the Spirit, we always need to know that Jesus Christ is our Saviour. And so the fellowship of the saints, the fellowship with each other, it is vital. You know, don't let anybody despise your youth, whether you are young in the natural sense or whether you are young, particularly spiritually, don't be intimidated by that. Don't let uh, somebody say, oh, well, you're only baptised and filled with the Holy Spirit last week, you know, and now you're telling me. I can remember when I received the Holy Spirit, I was just, un just about 22, or just a month or two short of 22 years old, and I was over in Sydney, and eventually I came back to, uh, well, six months later, I came back to Western Australia, and I was telling my parents, and I was talking to my dad, in private one day about the Holy Spirit and and he said, Simon, Simon, he said, how old are you? 22, 23? And you're telling me about this? Oh, that shut me up. <laughs> um, and I, I did let him despise my youth, I suppose, in, in that I did keep quiet, well, for a little while, but... Um, <clears throat> Uh, anyway, I, I felt intimidated by by because he was my father, because he was twice my age or more than twice my age. He he had experienced life and and so on. But the Lord says, "Don't be intimidated. Whether you're whether you're young in the natural or whether more importantly young spiritually, you've got something inside of you that that." God will never take away and that mankind doesn't really understand. It's the Holy Ghost within. It's this righteousness of God. It's the gift of God which has given you the promise of eternal life. You know, if we, and again, if we're learning to walk in the Lord, if we are trusting Jesus Christ now, well, we need to know that we cannot be defeated. If we're... We're, if we're trusting Jesus Christ, well, it, we, we need to know that we are sons and daughters of the living God. That we need to know that there's nothing is too much. We're going to be able to overcome. But now I want you to go, please, to chapter 5, First Timothy. And in verse 13, And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies speaking things which they ought not. And we can get caught up. Anybody can get caught up, whether they're newly in the spirit or not. Um, they can get caught up with, with that sort of thing that we've just read in verse 13, which is largely unproductive, or if it produces anything, it's generally not good. And uh, Paul says here, don't be lazy in the natural but particularly in the Spirit. Don't be lazy in the Spirit. If we want to learn how to walk in the Lord, then let's 
if we were lazy before with our lives, don't be lazy with Jesus Christ. Because, you know, how we live now, how you live, how I live, it really counts. Perhaps before we received the Holy Spirit, we had a short fuse. We were bad-tempered. Well, before we fly off the handle, let's just stop for a moment. Let's pause and uh, maybe even go and have some prayer. Let's let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, let, let's let that have um, uh, uh, reign over us. Let's let this peace of God have influence us now. If the spirit inside of us is strong, if we build up ourselves in our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, then the carnal nature will be overcome. Have a look in the book of Galatians in chapter 3. I, I mentioned before, the way we live now is important. The way we live can affect other people. Is it too hot in here? Too stuffy? Hands up, who's too stuffy? Who's just right? Okay. All right. <clears throat> so the way we live changes other people. Well, have a look in Galatians, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Sometimes there are things that challenge us. We don't have to be newly spirit-filled for something to challenge us, that's for sure. But if you're newly spirit-filled, then things challenging you and in your walk in the Lord could well be a new experience. <clears throat> We read, he says, that these, these spirit-filled people, oh foolish Galatians, you've obviously been foolish, but in chapter 5, I want to read a couple of verses to you there. Chapter 5 and verse 7, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion comes not of him that calls you. Who called you? Is Jesus Christ. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. And so he's acknowledging to these spirit-filled people in Galatia, well, you, you were running well, but you've been unwise. You've been foolish. Somebody has said something to you. Somebody's got in your ear. Somebody's whispered something. Somebody's murmured something or other. And you've believed it. And you've let it influence you. It's ups and it upsets your walk in the Lord. And we see it happen too often. People get destabilized by something or other, or they get destabilized by something that is supposed to have been said or supposed to have been done. And um, just of late, it's very often been me that's supposed to have said it or supposed to have done it or supposed to have not done it. Well, come and talk about it, if you like. If you're feeling a lack of confidence, by all means, come and talk about it. I mean, we only want the truth to be established, don't we? <clears throat> so sometimes uh, uh, people don't enjoy the fellowship anymore for some reason. Paul says, well, you are actually doing well. And he says down here in verse uh, 16, of chapter 5, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill 
the lust of the flesh. Paul tries to guide people that had actually been um, diverted in their walk in the Lord. They were doing well, but then they got diverted for some some reason. Somebody said something to them. They were challenged a bit. And he, he tries to guide them back. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Have a look in the book of Matthew. I will bring you back to Galatians, but have a look in the book of Matthew chapter 10, please. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34. Think not, this is the Lord speaking, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Now you might think that sounds a bit odd. Aren't Christians meant to be all lovey-dovey? Aren't Christians meant to be full of compromise? Aren't they, you might think? Wasn't Jesus Christ meek and mild? Wasn't he? Did he, did he not ruffle He didn't ruffle people's feathers? No way. No way known was Jesus Christ like that. Jesus Christ told people how it was. He said to the religious people, You are snakes. You're vipers. You're like whited sepulchres. On the outside you look good, but inside you're full of extortion and excess and so on. He really told them. Am I saying that's the way we need to talk to people? No, we don't want to be belligerent in any way to people. But let's, let's uh, dismiss this very popular perception of Jesus Christ and Christian people, of what they're meant to be like. They're not meant to be weak, but Christians are meant to be strong. They're meant to stand up for Jesus Christ. They're, we are meant, supposed to, we are called to stand up for his word and to stand up for his principles. And all the people said, that's what he's called us to do. He's called us to represent him to this outside world to take them on to eternal life. That's what we've been called to do. If there's another calling of God, well, show me what it is and I'll do it. But that's what he's called us to do. And he says, by doing that, think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I'm, I came not to send peace but a sword. For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father. Yeah, well, that happened with me. And the daughter against her mother. I got set against my mother as well. And the daughter, well, it was through my own... <laughs> through my own folly, my um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep quiet. Oh, hello, George. Just come in. You're a bit, little bit late this morning, anyway. Look, come in. I don't think anybody will notice. Just sit down. Just sit down. <clears throat> All right, let's go back to the beginning and start again. <laughs> so then, the Lord said. I'm going to set at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and the man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I mean, in one of the other Gospels you can read about how the Lord said, if you're not prepared to hate, well, that word hate, it's not actually hate as in, you know, hate, despise, and so on. It's, it's from the Greek word, it means to oppose. If we are not prepared to oppose our parents or our friends and our family and so on, we're not worthy to be called a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so again, learning to walk in the Spirit, we need to learn what the Lord is calling us to. 
that uh, that this is this the Lord means business, and all the people said, and it's not an onerous thing. It's not a difficult thing to be spirit-filled. Oh, well, at times it is, but but there's great joy in being spirit-filled. We will have difficulties, there's no doubt, because of the persecution and so on. You know, if we don't stand up and be counted for Jesus Christ, well, our families don't have much hope of getting saved. I was speaking to somebody the other night, just the other night, who who said that his parents are not saved and that they're going to a fellowship of, of one sort or another and um, uh, actually said, well, um, that that uh, I hope that the pastor tells them how to get saved. To be, Because I said, well, you're born again because you're spirit-filled. And... Yes, he said, I hope that the pastor in this other group tells my parents how to get saved. I said, but, but that's uh, ridiculous. <laughs> He's not telling them how to get saved because they are not saved. You know, they're, they're not hearing that. Why, why don't you? I said, you are the be- their best chance. You love them, no doubt. Absolutely, he said. Well, if you love them, let's love them and show them the love of God. Let's let's not shy away from it, but let's help them get in. And so we, by the way we live our lives now, our families are going to be able to see the change in us and ask why. Some people don't like the change. My family didn't like the change, but we all make our own choices and our own decisions, don't we? Um. Go back to the book of Galatians, if you will. My family made their choice, their decisions. They were absolutely not going to follow in the lives of their son or their brother, Simon. He can go where he wants, but we're staying put. That's all right. It's up to them. You can't make a person do it, but we do have to give people the opportunity to get saved. We're not going to do it by being belligerent or proud. In Galatians chapter 4 this time, and in verse 13, you know how through the infirmity through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel to you at the first. So it was obviously a little bit hard for Paul when he first approached these people. In verse 14, and my temptation which was in my flesh, flesh you despise not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness you spoke of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. You know, there, I'm, I'm just reminding you, says Paul, that you really loved the gospel then. You really appreciated what I was saying to you. You really appreciated the word of God that I was imparting to you, that I was teaching you of. But sometimes people are drawn away by friends or family or by situations. And in actual fact, uh, and again, my own experience, um, when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, my mother said to me, she said, Simon, I feel like there's been a wedge or that you are driving a wedge each time you open a mouth between us and and you. 
because I was talking about the Holy Spirit. I mean, it, it would have been good if I'd just let them get the cup of tea on the table first instead of talk, talk, talk. <clears throat> anyway, so um, we, 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 you, you may realize, particularly if you're fairly newly filled with the Holy Spirit, that the, the fellowship that you've joined is actually going in a direction that is contrary to your unsaved friends, your associates, your family. It's actually moving in a different direction. And so this is why you need to, we all need to make up our minds and think, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to continue with Jesus Christ, come what may, or am I going to cave in to the people that I know, the people that I'm familiar with? <clears throat> um, and so here is another reason why it's so important that when we're newly spirit-filled that we know what the Bible says because when you get opposed by people you, you, you want to be able to say well God show me what your word says well if you don't know well, don't feel afraid to come and ask and say well what's the scriptural direction in a situation like this or that don't be afraid to ask come and Come and talk about it. We're all in the same boat, after all. In First Thessalonians chapter two and verse ten, you are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly, justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. And verse eleven, as you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his children, that you would walk worthy of God who has called you to his kingdom and glory. You know, I must say, I do feel gratitude when people approach me, and I'm not, I don't go looking for it, but I, I feel gratitude to, uh, to, to people as when they, at times, um, come up to me and they say, I'm so glad that you're not troubled by somebody else's complaining. I'm so glad that you uh, have stuck to the guns, the scriptural guns, and that you haven't caved in on that. You know, it, I appreciate it because I can see what's there in the Bible and it's obvious that they, uh, they see what's there in the Bible. Hopefully we can all see the Bible standard, but you know what it's like. This natural world, our, our society that we live in, with all the range of opinions and uh, philosophies and so on, so much of it is opposed to God's word. We are under constant pressure to, um, to, uh, to be like everybody in this society. And the Lord has said, don't be like that. I want you to be different. I want you to be holy. And um, so... I appreciate it when when people um, show their appreciation that we're sticking to the Bible principles. Uh, I did. Did I ask you to hold your finger in Galatians? I don't think I did. Did I? We'll just flick back there to chapter five, chapter five, and verse um, sixteen. This I say then: Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. The fight is on. You might say, is there a fight? Well, who's fighting me? No, there's a fight on in you. There's a fight on in you. It's the spirit wanting to go this way and the natural person wanting to go that way. That's where the fight is. 
So if you're, uh, you know, if you're thinking, well, I'm, got, I'm, I'm dying for a cigarette, and the Lord God has said, I've set you free from bondage, but I'm dying for a cigarette. Well, what about before you give in to the temptation, what about going and having some prayer? Lord, take this desire away from me. Or maybe it's something else. I'm dying to go to the Catholic Church again. I love kissing the feet of, uh, of the statue or whatever it is. I don't suppose any of us feel quite like that, do we? But um, <coughs> I hope we don't. Where are you all going this afternoon? <laughs> <clears throat> so are we going to give in to the natural desire or not and he says in verse 18 but if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law by the way walking in the lord is not a set of rules it's not a law because when people are walking in the spirit or i should perhaps perhaps i should say when people are not walking in the spirit they can quite easily see and at times say, well, well, being part of the fellowship is just a set of rules. You know, if, if we as individuals don't get involved with the Lord and with his people, you know, everything looks like a law because in our heart we don't actually want to be here we don't actually want to be serving the Lord. In our heart, we want to be elsewhere or we want to be doing something else. Uh, people can become, because their heart is not in it, they can become dry and bored. And we read in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Surely we would rather be experiencing these things in our walk in the Lord, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. A word temperance means self-control. We'd like to have self-control, wouldn't we? Um, and so, the more we stir the Spirit up inside of us, then the Spirit is going to be predominating in our lives. Now, I said, I'm, I was talking about, and, and I am, learning to walk in the Spirit, but I think that you'll realise or you'll concede that, that the Scriptures that I'm, taught, that I'm reading and expounding on are not just to newly saved people. They apply to all of us and we all need to take them in. So my last Scripture is in the book of Revelation in chapter 2. Would you like to turn there, please? And uh, verse 7, John is talking to us, the Spirit-filled. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, I've got an ear. In fact, I've got two, and so have you. But are we going to use them? Are we going to listen to what the Spirit says to the churches? To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. If we all learn to walk in the Spirit and for those that are established in the Lord, which is the bulk of the people here, if we continue to walk in the Spirit, well, the challenges that come our way, we're going to be able to overcome them. We won't fall into the category of, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth as you used to. But we're going to overcome if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to overcome and meet the Lord in the air on the day that he returns. And all the people said,